I've got about 10 seconds to tell you about how you can get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win a five-night trip to the New York Comedy Festival while you're there, too. But I've run out of time. We are Absolute Radio, and right now, you're listening to Frank Skinner's section of the broadcast. Well, hello. This is Not The Weekend Podcast with Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Uh, I don't know why I did that. It was a sort of a weird hybrid between Henry Kelly and uh, Terry Wogan. <laughs> yeah, t- Terry would have been, because it would have been, ah, here we are in the very bowels of the absolute radio. St- and I like I like the way he always told you where he was, Terry. Mm. Anyway, we are in the bowels of the, uh, it certainly smells like it. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute radio The absolute building. stench is back, everyone. Yeah, the, there's oh. a problem with the pipes, absolute, which only seems to happen on Saturdays. Mm. Um, but it's lingered into midweek. Maybe it's because it they've eaten all that fruit all the way through the week. And oh, then come, come the end, there's a sewage problem. Of course. Fibre. So, um, Everyone's getting their fibre day, aren't they? So, uh, I'm with, you may have gathered that I am with Alan Cochran. <laughs> and Emily Dean. <laughs> Hello, I'm Frank Skinner. Hello, Mr. Hello, Mr. Radio. <laughs> Hold that thought, Frank. Uh, got it. Well, we've had an email in re your use of Mr. Radio, haven't we? Wow, Alan? we really are like Terry Wogan now. We're starting with some emails. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'm loving it. Is it from one of the TOGs? No, it's well, it's actually from somebody called TJ Baptista de Menezes. Oh, him yeah. again. Signing on. He, li- he sounds like the sort of person who would have ended up on Fantasy Island. I like the sound of You're him. You're guessing that he's signing on. You don't know that for a fact. I mean, it's a made-up name. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> it's an obvious made-up name. I don't, is he? Maybe okay. it isn't. Well, I can don't tell. know. Would you like to hear what he has to say? Yeah. He says, Dear Frank Allen and, and the Divine Emily, just like I keep that bit in, mm-hmm. uh, whilst trawling around for interesting podcasts to fill my mobile device for those solitary moments when I'm away from mainstream media access... <laughs> well... I came across Canadian CBC Radio's Cue the Podcast. The presenter, Gian Gometchi, has the temerity, nay gall, to refer to himself as Mr Radio. Oh, what do you make of that? He doesn't even use the jingle. I like the fact that we're uh, suggest that we could be relatives. <laughs> he doesn't use the jingle. <laughs> are you part of the are you one of the Wiltshire radios? Yes. <laughs> it's funny because I, I um I mean I it's, I it's a fair amount of temerity and gall the fact that I use it to be honest, yeah. but I'm mm. I'm glad someone else has uh, fallen into the egotistical abyss which is uh, <laughs> the Mr Radio Monica. I was walking through um the BBC this week that's gone very Terry Wogan <laughs> and uh, there was a yellow sticky on a door just on a fire door that said hello Mr Radio and no. I thought hold on a minute and then um, I spotted Ross Noble in the in the mid distance <laughs> oh nice <laughs> who is I think we all know friend of the show yeah, so oh he, we uh, love I, Ross so I think it was I never asked him about it I, said, I, didn't, I, I didn't challenge him on it it, it might have been the work of C Evans yeah, mm, um, probably Ross. Well, he uses it as a greet himself. All yes, the way down he carries the them around with him. I suspect. I, yeah, it, was, it was that kind of a week. Alice Cooper put a uh, balloon modelled version of himself in my toilet. <laughs> oh, he's a prankster. That sounds like a made-up story, but it's true. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Frank, TJ Baptista de Menezes mm. uh, has more to say. Oh, God. He has two PSs. PS number one. In the last 12 months, I've listened to your podcast in England, Ireland, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany, Austria, Czech Republic, Moscow, numerous states of India, the jungles of Cambodia, the islands of Thailand, and across vast stretches of the seas and sky. I'm currently listening to your show on a yacht moored in Seville, southern Spain. I love this, not least because I think his PS is better than his first bit of his email. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's incredible, and, and it makes me, can I dare I say, it makes me feel a little bit proud. Yeah. Mm. It makes me think he's on the run. It's not. He's. It's a made-up name, and he's on the run. Well, Why? I'm glad. Well, do you think he could be the jackal? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he travelling so much? What's he fleeing from? Um, and we'll we'll discover more. I'm sure about. Uh, yeah. What what's what's his initials? Well, we will discover more because he sent in a third PS. <laughs> well, hold on. Back back to the first one on the okay. series uh, on yeah. on the subject of pride. Uh, mm. um, I mean, I, I'm not one to um, blow my own trumpet. <laughs> not with my back. <laughs> But I, um, I was passing the National Portrait Gallery this week, uh-huh. and um, there's a picture of me and David Baddiel on, oh. a, po- on a poster. What, Ben Elton's son? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, it's, uh, it was advertised in an exhibition of uh, photographs of comedians. Oh. oh. So I went in, and, you know, it's like Tommy Cooper and Tony Hancock and uh, and and we get to be the poster boys. I was, I must say, rather thrilled. Not only that, it's probably the best photo I've ever had taken because I look, I think I look really good. Do you? In it. It's one of those when they oh, first I'm sent go me. And get a frame of it. When they sent me this photo, I remember thinking, you know, the camera does not. Oh no, hold on a minute, it does lie. <laughs> It's that one... You know, everyone has got one photo yes. when they look great. Johnny from X Factor has got one probably when he looks absolutely knockout. Mm. No? I think you're stretching it there. <laughs> no. Well, he can have this one. We're more or less the same person. He, he's got one photo where he looks like he might meet on day release or something. It's one photo when he looks like you couldn't open mail with him. <laughs> no, no, M-A-I. Don't. 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 Frank, would you like to hear uh, the... The PPPPS. Mm. This is again from TJ Baptista de Menendez. Let's call him TJ. OK, let's call him TJ, like Hooker. Maybe um, that's why he's on the run. <laughs> <laughs> this may or may not be of interest to Frank, but I too am a friend of Bill W's, and this is why I treasure these podcasts above all others, because sometimes when I'm away from a meeting, as can happen with my seemingly random itinerary, just hearing the voice of another like me is reassuringly comforting. Thanks, Frank. Mm. A friend of Bill W. <gasps> I've worked out what it is. No, not mm. Bill Wyman. <laughs> I don't it? know, but he says when I'm away from a meeting. So I think a friend of Bill W's. Oh, it's a drinking it thing. It may be a drinking thing. It may be something to oh, do with yeah, September yeah. the 24th, 1986. Oh, well, what could it mean? A friend Bill of Bill W. Is, is there a well-known drinker called Bill W.? I don't Bill know. Withers, was he a big drinker? <laughs> you can't that's... say that. You can't just start thinking of famous Bills that's how he got and accuse him of being alcoholic. They called him Bill Withers because <laughs> of his... Uh, it completely ruined his uh, love life. <laughs> the drink. William Why Wilberforce. I know, be... oh, wrong initial. William Wilberforce, yeah. Anyway, we OK, he stopped slavery, but phew, he was a drinker. <laughs> he, li- he liked a Malibu and pineapple. He was always last to leave. That's yeah. Imagine him I going, got, oh, I got drunk last night and did what? Abolish <laughs> slavery? Oh, oh, God. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't like slavery. What was I thinking of? <laughs> I'm a big fan of slavery. Why didn't you stop me? Oh, no. Like the historical equivalent of a text to an ex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, what did I do that You'll for? never guess what you <laughs> oh, did last oh. night. Well, it's my own fault. Well, we should, uh, we Boy, should am thank... I going to miss slavery? And, and the constant knowledge that it was my own fault. <laughs> You're all right, Bill, get over it. Every time I do stuff for myself, it's going to eat away at me, that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh I think we should thank TJ Baptista de Men- So where's Jeremiah? He's just gone now. <laughs> <laughs> what? So who's making breakfast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'll just have a perno. Be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what made him even worse, you see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I think his email was rather long. That was uh, a little drama called <laughs> William Wilberforce, <laughs> The Morning After. From uh, Radio 4 playwright Frank Skinner there. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that that email was long. It had a, a, a main body, a PS and a PPS, but a, a far more pithy one that I am drawn to was uh, Dear Frank, Alan and the Exquisite Emily. Why do I always have to put these bits about Emily on? <laughs> well... Oh, don't sound so angry about it. She's a draw. Uh, Frank recently drew attention to the Cockrell's pronunciation of Toby Jones, uh, which she did, and I think that indeed was a podcast, uh, in terms of how Yorkshire it sounded. But I think Alan raised the bar on last Saturday's show with Paolo Di Canio. <laughs> oh, I love that. I feel the extra syllables really do justice to his Yorkshire brogue. Can I request an encore? I think you've just had that, uh, that there encore. Paolo Di Canio. You realise like... this is going to set a precedent where people email in saying where I sound most Yorkshire. Also, I like that, Alan, that you say you've just had that. That's like when DJs say, well, you just did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. With requests. That was, that was I yeah. noticed how slick that was. It did not go on notice. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing the show since fact. June. <laughs> Thank you. Usurped. <laughs> I'll have that one. I'll have the poultry then. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going free. It's like, it was like musical chairs. We're all going to change out. Yeah, it's mm. um, it, Paulo De Canio. Of course, is is a fabulously Italian name as well, which you've yeah. utterly reduced. But now people will start. Well, they text in and email in and say sat. They'll say say, and then it will be yeah. something they want you to say. Yeah. It'll be good if that catches on an impression of an impression of you doing Paolo Di Canio. Just people wondering about yeah. Paolo Di Canio. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like the sound of that. I can yeah. see John Coleshaw getting his teeth into that. <laughs> he might need with to his, know who I am That's a rumour. With his herringbone hair. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening with his hair? It's a herringbone design he's had specially put in. <laughs> it's uh, sort he of a whole... A, he has to wear a hat on telly because he strobes. His hair strobes. That Too zigzag. Now that it's all in HD. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole sort of Alan Sugar thing. Isn't it? Cut from the same cloth, those two. Uh, I think they well, probably I think are. he does him as mm. well, yeah. Um, oh, he does them all. He does them all. Mm. He's brilliant, can I say? Yeah. Mm. Very I mean, good. he's got, you know, he's got herringbone hair, but he's, he's an amazing impressionist. Very good at the voices. Oh, he God. looks a little bit like he's one cupcake away from pulling the ripcord. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be right. And, and really, uh, I thought that was padding, you see. Uh, John Cupcake, I call him. <laughs> I don't notice that. Oh. You just, you know, some people do. They just look like there's there's a lot of tension. Have you seen any of his, me- of his uh, medieval work? Fantastic. <laughs> his impression of Ethel Red the Unready. <laughs> Honestly, I love like, a medieval like, impression. It's like he's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Eric Bloodaxe. 
whilst being a bit high pitched for me, it's this times it's absolutely him. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> anyway, that's enough uh, Colshorian <laughs> chit chat. Well, on the uh, on the subject of impressions, I need to ask you about quotes. I, uh, I I'm, quotes I'm in, quotes. <laughs> I'm not playing um, cruise games this time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to. Uh, I, need quite, to quite I need to get too. something off my chest. I've uh, oh, got yeah? a bit of a uh, yeah. I've got a bit of angst. Um, you know, I'm on uh, on on tour. Alan Cochran tickets still available. Is that the name of the tour? <laughs> no, the, no, be the name of the next yeah, that's one. That's a bit Peter K doing that. He doesn't go down the Peter K route. <laughs> no, no, needs uh, a caravan. It's uh, I can't bear that. It's still called Moments of Alan. It's the same show. Peter K route, I imagine. John Coleshaw. <laughs> yeah, travels on there. Oh yeah, I would imagine. But anyway, I've been. Uh, I've, the, the first half is kind of loose and a bit chatty, and I've been. Uh, Telling sort of stories from whatever's come up, really, hmm. and uh, and I ended up telling a story that I cannot repeat just now, uh, but it somehow involves uh, the fact that we now have the dog, and I, as a bit of preamble to the story I was telling, I started telling them about the time that I told you about that when the dog needed an X-ray, um, you know, the whippet needed an X-ray, oh, I and I remember that. saying how expensive it was, and you said. Why would you get an X-ray on a whippet? You could have just held it up to the sunny window or something along those lines. Yes. And I've been quoting you in my own little stand-up show, and I must tell you, you're getting a really good laugh. Is it going well? It's getting a really good laugh. <laughs> Are you quoting him as Mr Radio? I'm, no, I'm quoting him as Frank Skinner. I say something like, I work on the radio on Saturdays with Frank Skinner, and he said... So there you go. There oh, you go. I'm all, I'm all right with that. Yeah. You're all right with that. LOL, is that what you're telling me? It's it's getting a big laugh to the point where I'm getting a slight comedian's paranoia of are you getting one of the biggest laughs in well, my that's, first half? That's heart. why I never quote other comics on stage. I can't live with it if it gets a good laugh. Yeah, I think it may be on its way out. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe I'm sorry. this is the moment where it leaves the show. But it's good. I'm, I'm glad to know that I suddenly find out I'm touring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose the one but way that I could you, when you do. You give me a credit. That's all right. I give you a credit, and uh, and I mean I don't think there will be the break even to give you a commission from no, the. Uh, no, that's... I don't think you can get a writer's fee, but maybe I could. Uh, Put some of my income to buy in your book or something like that. Yeah. Say Rovers Commission is that what they? Uh, there's a there's a thing called Rovers Commission. So what what cat, cats used to have Rovers Commission? It meant that you could, if a cat went on your garden, you couldn't do anything about it because it, they have um, Rover a roving commission. Oh really? Yeah. Whereas a dog, you can you can uh, do something about it. Oh, I know that. Um, I just think that's a whippet joke. There's something nice about Rovers Commission. Yeah, yeah. Coming from it. Well, in the world of pet insurance, um, I think. Dogs. <laughs> we don't normally have a block of adverts on it, but that's not the beginning of what. <laughs> in the in the world of pet insurance, I believe dogs. I know that world. Dogs' owners can be blamed for traffic accidents. Like if you if you let your dog, Is that right? If it runs out, but cats' owners can't because cats are considered independent. <laughs> I, but I think they you, are very you can be in charge no, of your dog. but if you go dog. to Birmingham in the 70s, it's the same deal, isn't it? Because they just used to run amok, I according to Frank. I dogs don't weren't on leads. pet insurance existed in the 70s. No. It's one of the modern malaise. No, that's true. I don't think we... I've never, never owned a dog that we took to a vet or any of that kind. Didn't you? I'm afraid if it You was, didn't go to the dentist. If it got that ill, I'm afraid, <laughs> yeah, it, was, exactly. I'm afraid it was the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I oh, know. I mean, it's hard looking back. Oh, did Shep end up with the shovel? No, um, Shep. Um, I must have told you the Shep yeah. story, if I did. I not tell you about the death of Shep. 
I don't know. Sounds like the death of Marat, that well-known... Oh, yes. Now, uh, my dad found me at work, left a message, and uh, I was working in a college at the time as a sort Mm. of part-time lecturer. It was post-factoire. Post-factoire, pre-comédien. And um, I got a message... French in work, weren't you? (laughs) Yeah, very. (laughs) I got a a message. said, oh, your dad left a message just to say he's got some terrible news. I thought, what kind of a message is that to leave for somebody? <laughs> so um, I thought, oh, God, it's been me mum or something. I was frantic. So uh, he said, uh, Shep's died. Oh. And I said, oh, thank goodness for that. <gasps> he said, what? And I said, no, I thought it was going to be, um, you know, a human being. Oh. And he said, no, it was really terrible. He said he was, he was, he was bad last night. You know, he wasn't at all well. He said, I let him out to do his business. Oh. Mm. Because um, he had a pipe around. It's <laughs> 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 an unusual animal in that respect. <laughs> no, he said, I let him out to go to business. He said, oh, and I heard this uh, splashing sound. Oh. I said, well, you would. <laughs> and he said, no, he said he'd, he'd, he said he'd, he'd, he'd fallen in the, the pond. They had like a, a frog pond oh. about three feet across. And the dog had fallen in in the dark. It was towards the end. He was about 18. And wow. he said, um, he said, I dragged him out. He said, and I, uh, I gave he didn't give him that. I gave him artificial respiration. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of air in the Shep, generally. I would not want it to have given him artificial... But anyway, so that's what he did. I mean, he was really upset, and I'm, I'm on the other side of the phone thinking, please don't laugh, please don't laugh. And then he said he, he seemed all right. He said, but I could tell he wasn't right, he said. And, and when I woke him in the sport this morning, he said he was lying, he was there, lying there, dead. I said, oh, oh no. He said, he said he was lying by the telephone. I said, do you think he's trying to call a vet? <laughs> it went very badly. Did you? Oh, I couldn't resist it. But it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible, sad tale. But um, Mouth d- to mouth with a staffy. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I've done that many a time. <laughs> My dog had had a paracetamol the other morning. Did he? Got up and I'd, I'd Did ac- you crush them up? No, I'd accidentally left <laughs> a, a spare paracetamol mm-hmm. on the co- kitchen workshop and she'd been up and had it and... There's just bits of paracetamol around her crate in the kitchen. Crate? Yeah, she's got a crate. You're planning... You're running an export and import business <laughs> with me. <laughs> We've got several. <laughs> a crate? So, no, I'm all right with that quoting. Oh, good. But I, it may be on its way out, cos... Uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear My that. comic's ego just can't take it no, anymore. That, that, that's fair enough. I, uh, I mean, I sometimes do gags that I've originally done on this programme... Mm. on other things, on the telly or something like that. Oh, good. But I always think, uh, I always very careful that they that they are, that they came completely from me and weren't part of a... You know, it has to be right. a joke where you've picked up the ball in your own half, beat three men and scored a fabulous individual effort. If it's part of a passing move, you can't use it. That's the way I see oh, it. Right. You see what I mean? So if we've to built know. it together, yeah. then I think that's... This is very good for me to know. Yeah, so those ones, I'm afraid they've gone. They've gone. Forever. I quote you all the time, Frank. On, I would say on a daily basis. Really? You're sort of like my Confucius, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, so, but sometimes I do it out of context. I just do it because it makes me smile, and people don't get the reference. For example, you have you you said it today. You said every time we do any sort of sound check, when a producer or someone says, "Okay, are you happy, Frank?" You say. I always say I haven't been happy since September the 24th, 1986. Yes. Well, there's a reason for that with you, but I say it, and it's actually meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, mm, 
<laughs> I didn't think you'd like people to know that you were born in 1986. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's I thought you were keeping that quiet. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to review that. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a, it's a bit of a strange one. I always think that if 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 our listeners hear me do a joke from here on the telly, mm. they'll they'll have that smog expression of the first wife. You know when oh, they when yeah. uh, they think, uh, oh yeah, he's do, he, he did that with me years ago. That that kind of nice, you know, yeah. yeah. Then <laughs> then you can hold the new girl in contempt. That's what keeps me going for my uh, recy- my rather pathetic recycling. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, what I did this week, that's something I don't think I've ever done before, is uh, I was in this shop and they had um, some sheep's milk cheese. Mm. And, you know, on a, on a saucer they had it cut into bits, so I tried a bit and mm. I liked it so much, I bought the cheese. Oh, Victor Kayan. I've never done, yeah. Who? Victor Oh, Kyan. is that the... Uh, that's the razor man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've never done that before. I've eaten free stuff all over the world in shops, little bits yeah. of stuff on plate. It's the first time I've ever thought, that is so nice, I have to buy the whole thing. And that is exactly what they want from that transaction. Yeah. Mm. And it You'd works. its failure rate must be about 99.5%. was <laughs> <laughs> But it was like a great trailer for a film. Once yeah. I'd had the little cube, I had, I had to have the you whole have thing. You had to have more. And how many great... Tra- the amount of things, at times I've done sort of award ceremonies and stuff, mm-hmm. and they show a clip to represent your programme that's up for an award, and it's like the worst <laughs> piece of humorless rubbish that's been selected. Of course, there are people now thinking, well, maybe they didn't have any choice. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Yourself. Um, <laughs> what else is going on in our well, crazy world? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. Burton-on-Trent has its own fragrance. Extraordinary, I know... But yeah, it's true. There's a perfume has been launched, and it's meant to, it's meant to sort of contain all the the essence of Burton on Trent. And what is that? Well, beer, presumably. Well, you'd be right in assuming that the main ingredients, uh, contents, I think we like to say with fragrance, uh, marmite, Branston pickle, leather, and beer. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit like. What about Hilary Duvall? She lives in Burton, <laughs> does she? Yeah. Or are you sure that it's not that she lives in Burton's? That's where she's getting a club. <laughs> they were big in the 80s, weren't they, Burton? Oh, God, I'll say. Look, was it, what was their brand? Lord Anthony, was it? Yes, oh. yes, was Lord it? Anthony. Oh, yeah. Fashion corner. Gaylord. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> what, just because I know that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, there was a shop called Gaylord. That was one, that was a concession, I remember that. Oh, OK, fine. Um... But no, so this idea is it's kind of a bespoke fragrance to sum up the area, essentially. Okay. Which I think that's mm. rather a sad indictment on the area if it smells of leather and beer. Like, but it's the idea that's a bit Clarkson. It's, like, it's basically like standing next to Clarkson. Yeah. Oh, he'd smell of fags, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, fags, leather and beer. I think he smells... I, I imagine he's one of those aftershave personalities. You know, when you <laughs> see someone, a picture of someone, you think, oh, you can smell the aftershave coming through the, the picture. Oh, right, like a bit yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Do you think he smells of aftershave? I think he's got that um, that thing of, yeah, you can smell the aftershave a bit. Yeah. In fact, I think I saw David Baddiel discussing observational American stand-ups and using the phrase, you can smell the aftershave off some of them. So maybe that's just in my head now. Look, it's it's turning out time. that your whole act is just a composition. <laughs> oh, no, this Let's is my act. This is a conversation. Next you'll be <laughs> quoting his father, Ben Elton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, but I think Clarkson probably has quite bad breath, I would imagine. He's got, oh. oh, yeah. Well, he's Do you know, he looks like he's that. fond of a late-night onion. Yeah, that could be. Well, I don't know about maybe a scallion. Oh, I can imagine him gnawing away at that pickled onion. See, I have an extremely sensitive sense of smell. I, I, you know, you've seen what I get like about the headphones when we do the podcast. Mm. There's some perfumey headphones here, and uh, can I just say they're not mine? FYI. Yeah, Salman Rushdie smelt of uh, fish apparently. Did he? So he got that nickname. <laughs> Salmon Rushdie. Oh, fine. <laughs> t- he didn't. I've met him. I had the, a lovely uh, conversation with the him. The Al Qaeda used, used to have cats on leads to try and find him. <laughs> You've met Salmon yeah. Rushdie? Lovely. Who was he? Lovely. It was during the time of the Fat War, so it was a brief chat. Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was via Andrew Neil. Let's not go into it. No. Um, it was charming. Charmant. It's good mm. that he He didn't retained. smell of fish. He smelt vaguely of champagne. Did a bit no, well, I think he had to have a good rinse because he didn't want to be tracked down by the Al Qaeda uh, cat. cat. <laughs> of course, back then he walked through a lot of streams, didn't he? So that he couldn't be followed by did, sniffer yeah. dogs. And he also <laughs> used to have that uh, bit of thing he broken off a tree that he used to cover his tracks with. Oh yeah, yeah. So he went. Oh, he was uh, he was a master of the art. Make, make no mistake about that. But you see, I, I have a very sensitive nose. I'm very. I, I love a good fragrance. I favour myself. Mm-hmm. I like a sort of citrusy burst, Frank. Not in a household cleaning product type no, way, no. but that's the sort of fragrance I favour. Frank doesn't really like a fragrance. In fact, when we lived together briefly, mm. not uh, in the biblical during sense. During the Edinburgh Festival? Yes, during right. the Edinburgh Festival. I don't like a fragrance. Yeah. I, like, I like things to smell of what they smell of. Yeah. That's what I like. Oh. Also, I remember like when I first started dating, mm-hmm. have, you, have you ever tasted perfume? I uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, inadvertently, I'm sure. Well, exactly. A you know when you li- when you're licking someone's neck. Oh God! Your taste. <laughs> We're all relieved that that was neck. Yeah, when, when you're licking someone's neck, and, and you know. I don't like that, Spang. What are you, Shep? Oh. Yeah. And when you uh, when you when you get behind the ears, you know. What? Yeah, which is where the per- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was looking for I was looking for cigarettes. <laughs> Maybe a stub pencil. <laughs> But yeah, you lick, you know, lick around the ear where the, where because in those days girls used to dab behind the ear. This bef- uh-huh. this is before the just fire it into the air and then walk through it, which oh, is my oh, Jordan, fa- Jordan. my favourite uh, application. Walk method. into the fragrance. It's mm. an atomizer. Mm. Is that what they call it? Um, no, have I got that? But right? It'll with any spray. You just spray it into the air. Then as you see it fall, you go through it. Yeah, mm. and then it settles. Mm-hmm. But it tastes disgusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so bitter. Oh, I don't know. I think people should smell like people. Hmm. One person who uh, was known for his um, pungent smell was Henry VIII. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yes. I very didn't much know so. That. Well, you know, I know a lot about him. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was what did he smell of? Gout, mainly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not goat. <laughs> <laughs> he smelled of gout. I yes. never knew that. Yes. I never knew that. His leg exploded in the coffin. Some, no. say, some say urban myth. Yeah. I say fact. Oh, right. Okay. Um, Surely he wasn't guilty of rich living, Henry VIII. I think he might have been. He had a lot of uh, semi-blind servants hit by flying chicken legs. Yeah. Mm. That was a, that was the occupational hazard of the uh, behind-the-seat servants. That's that's where the phrase, you left someone's eye out with that, comes from, isn't it? Is so, that right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah. of it. Well, 
the reason I raise Henry VIII is not just because Don't I have raised it. Henry VIII. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What with his with his exploded leg as well? What a mess that's going to be. Oh, oh, one woman smell, job, isn't it? You know what? Smell the the gout. Just thinking about. It. <laughs> And don't you find that when you smell gout, it gets on your chest a bit? Mm. Oh, yeah. You never get it off. I no. that with lilies. Yeah. Lilies and gout. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> nevertheless, yeah. Henry VIII had a lopsided face. Did he? Yes. Because I... Did you not read this this week? Apparently, Henry VIII, Winston Churchill's another one, um, and Abraham Lincoln... Now, you may think they're all ugly, but that's actually not what they've got in well, common. Well, I think they have a variety of... Uh, Abraham Lincoln is that, that, the best of all things. Beard, no moustache. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He was in the band Granddaddy for a while, wasn't he? He's got that... You know, he's, he's, he's on, been on the Amish side. Yeah. Mm. But I like someone who has a beard and thinks, I don't know, I don't have to have a moustache. Yeah. Why should has I? Has he got a slight John Colshorian hair thing going on? With Abraham Lincoln? Yes. Maybe. I know it's an odd comparison. Um, not that I know of. No, I think it's... I think of his hair as, shall we say, lustrous. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently... So lopsided. So, so, I'll tell you what they have in common. Apparently, if you have a lopsided face, you're more likely to be... You'll make a better leader. Right. Um, well, Gaddafi did, didn't he? Well, well I mean, the reason... Lemby Opic could rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> It means what you'll you'll tend to invest more in what you have to say in your personality because you can't fall back on your look. So you tend to inspire and persuade others more. Uh, I see. Right. See, I've got a bit of a lopsided. I think I've said on you this haven't. show before that one of my eyes is quite quite a bit bigger than the other. Right. I went to a Halloween party with one of those. You know those costumes down the middle of your body where you turn one way and then. Oh yeah. yeah. I went as Natalie in Bruglia and General Hirohito. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which way I turned. And uh, how did you find that uh, people responded? Which which had the most power? <laughs> I felt they were drawn in by Natalie oh. and uh, and repelled. Right, I was torn. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, yeah, I think I have a hooded eye. I think I've got one eye that's more hooded than the other. Let me let me look at you. I, I know They're a both photographer quite once said, oh, thanks very much, Yeah, we do start early. <laughs> um, you know, a photographer once said to me, oh, uh, yeah, that eye's really hooded. <laughs> In yeah. fact, one of, your eyes, one of your eyes is hooded and the other one looks like a middle-aged man. There's going to be conflict there. Oh, right, yeah. Because hoodie it's going to be hoodie and, yes, exactly. <laughs> if, ever they re- if ever the middle-aged one remonstrates <laughs> with the hooded youth. You see, yeah, well, Lee Mack divides people into horse or plate, doesn't he? Yeah. And you're both plate, and yeah. I'm horse, I think. Really? Mm, very much so. You see, I did a, a show recently where they actually did just this. They, they mm. took two, the two sides of my face. So the left side, they then put with a mirror image of the left side rather than... Oh. It, do you know what I mean? So yes. they used one side of my face, they doubled up to mm-hmm. make two faces. And one looked like the Roswell alien... <laughs> and the other one looked like Anthony Cotton, who plays the gay character in Coronation Street. Right. So those are obviously the two sides of my character. Yeah. You're a, you're a gay alien, it's obvious. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Iggle Piggle on the um, children's programme in the Night Garden, he's got a bit of a lopsided face, but he doesn't seem to wield any... In fairness, that's not the only odd thing about that character. <laughs> well, name. He won't, he won't go to bed either, but that's... <laughs> no, I point. think uh, Eagle Piggle, though, we don't know where he's going to end up. 
he could move into politics. He doesn't seem to wield any unnecessary power over the other characters in there. Yeah, but, but maybe, you know, they can be leaders. They can be democratic leaders. We never said they had to be despots. Oh, OK, fair enough. No, exactly. Kim Jong-il, case in point. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's known as Higgle Piggle amongst <laughs> his own people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a very good website, by the way, I'd recommend, which oh, is yeah. Kim Young He Looks at Things. And oh. it's pictures of him looking at things on the internet. Oh. It's, it's a good browse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit lopsided generally. I, I, when I went to have uh, a suit made, and um, the tailor pointed out quite brutally that one of my uh, shoulders is considerably higher than the other. Oh. Heavy satchel. Mm. Um. You know Heavy Satchel, the gay activist. Um, <laughs> He's a jazz trombonist. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, so uh, I, I, uh, one of my shoulders is considerably higher. Mm -hmm. I, I don't need a hands-free with my right shoulder. <laughs> I just wedge it in. But it's true, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a mess. I've got two odd eyes, one shoulder's higher than the other. I don't think this is... Uh, I, w I wouldn't think of any of that as defining you. Like, when I, when I say, oh, Frank Skinner... I don't think with the with the odd eyes and the big shoulder, you know. I'd say he's very clean. Yeah, uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's all often moisturised. I think with with my eyes, I've 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 transgressed the old road safety advice, and I've 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 mixed cross plies and radials. Oh, have you? Mm. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. <laughs> You're listening to Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.